Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. My name is Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. And welcome to part three of the Fast and Furious Marathon. So far, we've talked through the first six movies. And today we are talking about Furious 7 and Fate of the Furious, two movies I know we do not see eye to eye on. So expect a tumultuous debate. Welcome to Film Colossus, your guide to movies. On the first part of our Fast and Furious series, we talked about the first three movies and, well, <laughs> first to two you, movies. it was, yeah, it was only two movies, but <laughs> I still can't believe Tokyo Drift's count. not a real movie. In my mind, it is just like, it's something that exists in the ether. Yeah, not a Fast and Furious movie, despite it being in the title, just right there. And not a bad movie. Don't, no, yeah, but, okay, so we talked about the first three and mostly in agreements on those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... In the last episode, we uh, were also mostly in agreement for a good majority of the episode. <laughs> Until about Giselle four, five, died. And six. <laughs> yeah. And then when we started talking about the death of Giselle, things just went off the rails. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to get better this episode. Well, I feel like, I mean, I've thought a lot about those 15 to 20 minutes we were arguing about one freaking <laughs> scene. <laughs> and I feel like it's it's going to completely color everything we're going to talk about today. Oh, 1,000%. Because I feel like you, every complaint you're going to have is going to be in that vein. Yes. So it's uh, so I've, I've kind of mentally prepared myself for this where like I know your attitude on the movies and I know how you're viewing the story <laughs> and how, the, how they explore the characters and like I know I inherently disagree. So <laughs> I, I want to make sure this is a fruitful conversation we're going to have about these movies and that we're going to at least like i don't know i guess it's just going to be a big debate that's just the way it is yeah i'm gonna make sure this fruit withers on the vine travis because yes we have been pretty much in agreement so far one and two are great uh three you know maybe a bit of of a step back four not nearly as good actually you think it's bad um i think think it's, it's bad i think it's very good uh but it's it's missing it's missing some key pieces that make the Fast and Furious movies transcendent. And then we both agree that five and six are pretty great. Yes. Um, But I'm pretty sure you don't like any of these last three movies. No, No. I, I I do not. And for just to preface all this, like I think Furious seven is great. It has problems. Like I would put it in the same vein as Fast and Furious. Like I see what it's trying to do, but like 
some things are just going wrong. Fate of the Furious is majestic, and F9 is a is a little bit of a miss, but still, compared to the movies we get these days, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, where <laughs> 7 for me, I'm rolling my eyes the entire time. I think it's a gigantic step back. 8, I thought, had some good ideas, and I can see why it's like right up your alley, but I also got pretty annoyed with a lot of what was going on and then nine i just hate like so it's the worst one in the entire franchise to me f9 is my second worst so you know i'm I'm not too far off from you although you think it's terrible so we're pretty far off actually yeah because even though it's second worst for you this is still your favorite like film franchise in existence absolutely and i mean that that's a big part of it for me and maybe inherently like that's maybe you can't some people can't trust my opinion because of that but i'm pretty invested in these movies they've been a big part of my life for a long time and i read the energy and story a little bit differently i maybe give it the benefit of the doubt sometimes but i also don't think i'm necessarily giving it the benefit of the doubt because i'm i'm so entrenched in the movies that i feel like i fully understand their energy and how they tell their stories um and you know people like chris i don't know people just as an example someone like chris lambert just isn't as ingrained into it as i am and doesn't have the kind of insight i do or (laughs) or hear me out no thank you (laughs) uh so fast seven furious Furious seven Seven. see how much can i trust you when you don't even know the name of the movie I know I'm I'm being so disrespectful so disrespectful um <laughs> I don't even know how we get into this like maybe we could start with the things we agree on I what do we agree on about this movie I think that okay part of the reason I love this movie is the storyline of Paul Walker who died while they were filming it and they had to refilm scenes with him where his brother was a stand-in and to me, those scenes really stick out in a way that that could have totally been handled well um, and isn't handled necessarily poorly in these movies. But I think it's a little choppy and gives it a strange energy, especially the the very end when they do the kind of epilogue. Like, I think some of those choices are just off and are distracting in a way because they make it so clear Paul's not there and that like there's commentary on Paul not being there. And again, that can work if that's like an inherently meta part of the movie, like part of the aesthetic, but it's not like, that's just them like calling out that Paul Walker died because it's just, this movie's going to make billions of dollars at the box office and you have to call it out. Um, and I think because of that, like it's a weird moment where like the studio and the artists like aren't really meshing. And like the studio is kind of forcing us to explore, forcing the artist to explore this thing that isn't necessarily part of the movie. I don't know. Again, it can work. And I like that it's here. I'm, I ball my brains out every time when the ending happens, but I have to admit that the, the energy is weird. You know, this might surprise you, but having watched this movie for the first time in 2023, obviously I, I knew what happened with Paul Walker, but not the details of, Mm -hmm what was going on with filming. Like I vaguely remember at the time that they were in the middle of the movie, but I had no concept of what happened. Like things that you're saying about them recording scenes with Paul Walker's brother as a stand in. Yeah. 
no idea. I did not pick up at any point throughout this movie that they didn't have Paul Walker for something where they needed him. So it makes me think you were watching the movie very closely. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. <laughs> I felt like I mean the only thing was at the very end right. where like that was clearly like in honor of him and you have kind of the that the CGI at the yeah, end. Yeah. Um that was a little like strange but I got it and I was also crying a lot. But throughout like the rest of the movie I was pretty like okay with everything that was going on with Brian. Like I did it really I was like that was off, that was off, that was off, but maybe I wasn't. <laughs> well, some of it's just like I mean, the CGI is only as good as it can be. It's not like I'm asking to see Paul Walker. He's not there. Um, but I guess in, in my mind, like, it does stick out when he's clearly not there and it doesn't even look like him. When he's saying something, like, off screen, like, the camera's not even on him. Like, there are just weird moments like that where, like, I just can't help in those moments but feel like something different could have been done. And I, I hate to say it, but I feel like they probably should have killed off his character. Like, that would have been the more honorable thing Ooh. to do because now... The franchise is stuck in this like weird dance around Brian's character constantly to the point where like they have to bring him back at some point. I, I feel like in Furious 12, like it's going to happen or in Fast X part three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, it, all that again, maybe this is just me more my impression as a big fan who's seen this several times and it's just stuck out to me every time. And as the movies go on, like that energy gets weirder and weirder to me and I I just feel like maybe they made the wrong decision by keeping him around. It has been awkward in every movie where they have to have some dialogue where it's like, Brian? And he's like, no, Brian's retired. It's the most egregious in Fate of the Furious. Yeah, it comes up a lot, especially because in 7, they don't really have Jordana Brewster. Mm -hmm. all that, or, or no, I guess they reintroduce her in nine huh george oh yeah and f9 she comes back as a major character yeah yeah f like fate of the furious she's not in it as much no or she's in it yeah. for just uh one scene i think to pick up uh vin diesel's kid so it's like you kind of have <laughs> uh for like bringing her back finding ways to bring her back and make her part of the group when she should be off with Brian being retired also creates like a bit of weird energy tension that you get it when you know what's going on, but it's also asking you to really like suspend your disbelief more so than maybe what like some people can do at times. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that the, because Paul Walker died and because we know that he's not going to be in the movies anymore, some scenes do hit a lot harder because of it. Like that conversation he has with Jordana Brewster, Brian and Mia talk on the phone where Brian says he might not make it back. And Mia says like, yeah. don't say goodbye like that. Like say something else. And that part makes me, gets me way more even than the ending. Like that part <laughs> destroys me every time I watch it. And it's, it's just affecting like the acting's incredible. Like it just works on its own as is, and then you add in that element. It's it's crazy. It's I didn't know what they did with the character. And so with Owen Shaw 
and his whole arc of killing off members of the family, I seriously thought they were going to that was going to be the tipping point that made him like such a villain is not only did he take out Han and Tokyo Drift as that retcon, but he was going to take out Brian and that was going to make him such uh, a villain. Mm. And so with what you're saying, like it might've been cleaner for the franchise going forward. Uh, It seemed like the thing they were setting up. Right. And it was kind of like jarring to me when they didn't go that direction. Yeah. But then I also get why it's, it's like in movies, Paul Walker can live on. If he's passed in real life, you can give his character this life that Paul didn't get to live, which is making me tear up right now. (laughs) Uh, And I think it totally works for Brian's character. Like thinking about his journey from like, didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy in quotes, like where he fit and learning like this whole storyline that he misses the bullets and that he isn't ready to be a father. Like I think step by step from movie to movie, they've done an amazing job of building his character and getting him to that point and being ready to exit the franchise. Like that actually worked really well. Um, so in that sense, it was great. I just think afterwards is where they've really fumbled it, like constantly talking about him and hitting, hinting that he's going to come back. Yeah. Like Brian? No. Um, and so <laughs> those were aspects that I liked, but everything else I, okay. So I complained about this in my rankings for John wick. I like John wick. I didn't like when John wick leaned into the world of the assassins uh, and building out this secret society of assassins and oh, they're actually everywhere yeah. and control all this stuff. So you're not a fan of Mr. Nobody. I think the Mr. Nobody stuff is too ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, It's not something that I typically, it's just like a general pet peeve of mine. Um, Especially, I think we had talked about how grounded the original (laughs) movie was. Mm -hmm. And even with Too Fast, Too Furious, getting a little more like outrageous in some of its action sequences and uh, what it's asking you to do. There's a groundedness. There's a groundedness, even in Fast Five, when it's getting even more crazy, like <laughs> six. Yeah. Uh, there's still like this groundedness, yes. but now we're at a point where you introduce Mister Nobody, and suddenly you have these government forces everywhere. The technology ramps up. Everything escalates to a point of kind of absurdity, which has its own appeal, mm-hmm. and I get why that energy can be very fun. For a lot of people, it's just a different energy than what I was enjoying from these movies. Uh, it feels like it becomes like a little bit of a a crutch to me. Okay. And I, I actually think we're a little more aligned in this than you think. I just, I mean, it doesn't ruin the experience for me. I just think it's a different experience. Um, what then works for you about Fast X, which to me is a pretty cartoonish, outlandish movie. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? 
Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think that it's for the most part, it's a much more simple dynamic of a villain that's using some resources versus like having this whole government entity that's bringing things in and you have the the government ops and the government tools that everybody's using like i feel like in fast x they're kind of not necessarily back to basics in some ways but on their own in a way to where uh, the brie larson subplot is just more of a subplot rather than this overarching thing that's Hmm. guiding the characters interesting like the main characters are like elevating them i don't it was just i think a little more toned down than all the stuff with mr nobody and how <laughs> that was handled but i toned down in terms of like the presence of i mean but the main villain like you have him working with the the jacked guy yeah who's Mr. Nobody's replacement. So it's not like the whole government agency is out of the picture entirely or anything. And Fast X is over the top in ways that 7 and 8 and 9, like it goes beyond even those. But I think that it just does it in a way that feels a little less cheesy to me. At Merrill West Credit Union, we're working towards a brighter financial future for both our members and our community, knowing that when you succeed, we all succeed. That starts with a solid financial foundation. As a credit union, we have no stockholders demanding profits. Our commitment is to our members. Experience the difference with our Money Market Max Bonus Promotion, offering a cash incentive for letting us protect and grow your money. Merrill West Credit Union, working for you. Today, tomorrow, together. Merrill West Credit Union is insured by NCUA. We'd all love to hit skip on our problems now and again, but using wheat to deal with stress as a teen won't make your issues go away. That's because THC messes with parts of the brain responsible for fear and anxiety, making it even harder to manage them on your own. So even the smaller things can start to feel difficult to handle. Learn better ways to deal with stress at mindovermarijuana.com. That's mindovermarijuana.com. Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. That's fair. Um, I, I am a little bit in agreement with you. Again, I think Fury 7 works. I, I like the overblown aesthetic. I think James Wan is awesome. Malignant is literally, legitimately one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> like, I really love the manic tone he brings to his movies. Um, I'm a big fan of Aquaman. I know Chris hates Aquaman, but like, to me, there's something very moving about like the energy and movement and colors of that movie. Like, all that to me overshadows any story problems to me. That is the story. Like what I'm watching unfold is like magnificent. So like 
I think that energy is here in a way that I really appreciate. I like that it's over the top. I love watching The Rock bust out of his cast. Like, that shit gets me going. (laughs) I'm just excited when someone is so committed to an aesthetic. Um, And he definitely is here. But I'm with you in the sense that, like, sometimes it goes a little too far and feels fake. And that's when I know I'm being pulled out of a fast movie. When something that happens in Fast and Furious movies feels fake. (laughs) Like, everything's fake. Like, everything's ridiculous in these movies. These people could never... Like, when Vin Diesel and Paul Walker jump off a cliff and land in the water and are totally okay, that's ridiculous. But because of, like, the movement and tenor of that movie and because of just the emotional drive of characters, like, I don't feel that it's fake in the moment. I think it's working. So I think that's the big problem here is the writings a little off like the character journeys aren't as solid as i'd like them to be um mostly outside of uh, i would say brian's and mia's stories is great but like outside of that like a lot of the characters aren't fully utilized in the right way and because of that it kind of kills like the tenor and flow and there are there's stuff that just doesn't work as well as it should like i i think specifically the whole final last scene there are just moments that like they feel fake to me. Like when the rock, I know you hate this part, but when the rock crashes the ambulance into the the drone or whatever, like it isn't that that kind of thing doesn't happen in the fast and furious movies. It's just that I never notice that it's happening. <laughs> I don't see that <laughs> happening and go like, wait a minute. Like how, what, like that. It's not like they, set up the beat of like the rock like seeing where the drone is and driving in at the last second like I don't need to see that but I need it to be properly part of the aesthetic and the mood and the feel and there's just something that isn't meshing with the script and the action of this movie in a way that I think throws it off so that's my experience of Furious 7 is like I'm a little disappointed and the story and how they're handling the characters, but I love everything James Wan is doing so much that I'm just kind of like sitting there drooling and like taking it in. See, I kind of blame James Wan for moments like that. I, it's, uh, I'm with you. It's it's on the director to figure that out. I and just a in case people don't remember that scene, <laughs> there's a a car chase, and it's Letty and um, Ramsey. Ramsey in this car and a drone is chasing them and the rock has just gotten out of the hospital after seeing these explosions from the chases across Los Angeles it's this big thing so he gets out of the hospital of steals cast. an ambulance yeah breaks out of his cast by flexing God, and then it's awesome. <laughs> is just driving on the highway and you just see him driving on the highway you don't see him like as you're saying like catch sight of someone or anything it's just him driving on a highway and then with Letty, she drives into a tunnel and you have this scene of her in a tunnel trying to outmaneuver this drone that's tracking them, a predator missile, sorry, not even a drone, a predator missile. And it's tracking them. And right as they get out of the tunnel, the rock drives over the like road that's on top of the tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel itself was like the underpass of a bridge. He drives off the bridge and crashes on the Predator missile as soon as it leaves the tunnel. (laughs) And it's just, 
I mean, there's outrageous things that happen in these movies all the time, like Dom launching himself from a car and catching Letty in midair. Crazy. And them, like, carrying through, even in this movie, driving between the towers. Crazy. Right? Um, which I, I liked that That's moment. better. That's, yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, because to me, there's just a thing of, like, if I was playing with action figures and just being like, is this something I would do with action figures <laughs> like as a kid? Yeah. Right. And just like, could it, could it work possibly? Sure. If I can do that, even them like falling all that way into the water and not being hurt, it's like, could it happen? Sure. Like if I'm thinking about it and I'm being realistic about it, no. Could a car backing out of a helicopter and landing on the road and just immediately start driving and do all this cool stuff? No, but Eh, uh, maybe with this there's no possible way Hobbs could calculate where the predator missile that was just in a long tunnel was when he didn't even see them had no concept of it he would have just been blindly driving off the edge of a bridge without knowing where anybody was I think you were right what you said earlier like it lacks groundedness in a way like i don't necessarily need that like i i'm okay with a movie like flying high and far and like just doing supernatural things but there has always been an element to the movies where like things make sense in quotes in the universe they've built so when stuff sticks out and there's other stuff in this whole final scene as i'm thinking about it now this movie actually would have been great to me if they had just fixed the whole final sequence um <laughs> like the part where like the rock says the street always wins and stomps on the ground. Like every time he says it, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, it makes no sense. Like it just feels clunky and blockheaded. And then like when he yeah. launches his car out of the parking garage, which is another scene that's insane that he constantly keeps going in circles around the parking garage, but it keeps f the parking garage keeps collapsing behind him like that makes no sense. <laughs> um, and then when he launches out again, not, not that it, this none of this stuff uh any of this stuff distracts me too much and i care too much but like when this much of it happens over and over i'm kind of like eh. and then when he launches out of the parking garage the only way he's able to delicately dangle a bag of grenades from <laughs> that helicopter <laughs> as he's flying by it which is maybe the most impressive thing anybody's ever done in any of these movies um, is because the helicopter moves itself out of the way at the last second. <laughs> like, I don't know what his plan yeah. was, but it just worked out that that helicopter moved out of the way. And then the rock, like not missing a beat, knows what Vin Diesel has done <laughs> and fires a gun. Like, it's all of that. I'm kind of like, okay, like you're having fun, I guess, but it's a little too dumb. Yeah, that's, yes. But I still like and, it and drool. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> No, I think that there was a really like they're good concepts like Owen Shaw's or Deckard Shaw's like I'm uh, going to get revenge plot is cool. But then the villain also makes no sense. It's, yeah, it's we a have waste. to get into him. It's a waste of uh, Digimon. Han oh, yeah, that, that's too bad. He's he's so great. Yeah, the the character just has no development what it's just like, they really half-assed that yeah and the fact that deckard is subordinate to him but deckard's presented as a main villain it was just <laughs> stupid it's the first time i felt like the characters were starting to get a little derivative of themselves um like some of the family i'm thinking specifically and i've complained about this before 
but Tej and Roman and their dynamic, mm. um, it seemed like they really... I completely disagree. That's one of my favorite parts of these movies is... I, I Maybe with you in a little bit of the sense that I wish they had more of a character. Like, I wish I knew more about them <laughs> and, like, saw them grow a little bit. But I'm okay with co- characters being there for color. And I I don't necessarily need to learn information about them to, like, like them more. I, I like the role they play. They give the movie those those rougher edges, like, the playful banter. There, there's just something about what they're bringing to it that keeps the movie energetic and watchable to me in a way that I I, I can't complain about it is all I, the way I put it. It's just too one-dimensional to me. Like, right. I, I want their characters to have a little more, be doing a little sure. more. Which I get that. I like, in, I like in Fast X that they give. It's great. It doesn't work out so well but uh <laughs> roman trying to take on the leadership role right great. and having his mission and like just having something like that is enough and i don't think they were doing enough of that in 789 i'm with you we, we agree there like i do wish they had more but i'm i'm okay with the way they utilize them yeah so fate of the fears yeah this is the one chris <sighs> i mean i absolutely I love like... this movie i know i I know. So <laughs> I know. That's the subtitle of this episode. I know. I know. There I'm with you and can appreciate the idea of Dom being this villain and the metaphor and symbolism of what it means that he has to go like against his family and the inner conflict that represents and the way in which the family has to try to save him where you get the moment where they all harpoon his car or grappling hook his car and are trying to keep him in place so they can save him and he breaks away there's the symbolic energy yeah. and form that, and function and externalization stuff. of that that's like cool yeah and same thing with at the very end when there's this wall of fly f- flyer fire coming at him <laughs> and all the cars surround him and protect him so you get that inversion earlier from them being on the outside and him in the middle and mm-hmm. he's in his car, which is this symbol of like his masculine energy and the cars are everything. Bravado. Yeah. And then at the end, he is out of his car and vulnerable to the fire and they all surround him and protect him. There's so much you can read into that and get from that. And we've talked before about you viewing these as kind of paintings mm-hmm. in a way and so I get like there's something to all of that in that journey. I just hate <laughs> uh, <laughs> how it goes. There's something about how uh, Cipher converts him and how like quickly he is kind of on board with her and like the makeout scene with her that it didn't work for me as feeling like I couldn't buy into it as much. I needed something so wait, more, even though what? they have his, like the mother of his child and his child. That's held not hostage. enough to you for him, Vin Diesel to be doing what he's doing. It is, but I, I mean, I get it. But I also didn't like the choice of suddenly bringing in like Elena with a baby, especially after the last 
couple movies were so emphasizing his relationship with Letty that it felt like they wanted to have something that justified this, but they didn't, they wanted to have Letty be active in the movie and not be this damsel in distress. So they couldn't have Letty be the one. I, I kept reading too far into the machinations. Yeah. I was going to say like it, that's what it feels like to me that like you're purely, we've talked about this with you, Chris before Uh, we've talked about movies music like all kinds of art to you art a lot of the times is all about math (laughs) how much (laughs) of something is happening for me to believe and like have it like all the stuff you're describing like it it just speaks to the different ways we experience art and watch movies I think like all that stuff you're saying like I don't even think about it for a second all I'm thinking is the movie is setting up it's the most it's the next logical progression of Dom's storyline like is he he talks about family but like he hasn't built a family he hasn't had his own kid he doesn't know what that's like to create somebody in his own image like his father did and like pass on his father's values like to me all that stuff like completely overshadows everything you're saying like I don't even really care about that like that's the aesthetic to me that is what the driving force of the movie is that's the key theme and that's how I'm reading everything like I completely understand that when Dom sees what Cypher has on him that like he's going to take off and I can see how painful it is for him to do that uh and I I guess from there like it doesn't become a question of like, am I seeing enough? I'm like, no, I just understand what the aesthetic of the movie is. I know what it's doing. And I br- assign that energy to everything that's happening with Dom and around Dom with his family and all these people that are fighting to help him. Hay un problema que afecta a muchos niños que no puedo resolver sola. Se llama estrés tóxico y esto aumenta el riesgo de problemas de salud. Pero hay pasos que los padres pueden tomar para superar el estrés tóxico. Aprende cómo en first5california.com. And I also don't I tend to not like miscommunication storylines. <laughs> And while this is a little better, especially because they have trust in him and it's getting at like the idea of trust and loyalty and belief. And I I think they handle how the team reacts. Well, I just miscommunication subplots like this or plots like this oftentimes aren't my cup of tea either. You mean like Vin Diesel could have said something? Yeah, even though she, like, threatens him if he says anything. She's tracking Um, every movement on Earth. Like, she'll hear him say it. I know. It's just still, like, there's just, like, a little... Like, could he not have, like, passed a note to, uh, whatchamacallit? He meets with Deckard's mom. Right. Like, could he not have just said, by the way, like, blackmail, like, tell tell everybody else? Again, that um, is not how I'm watching a movie. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it would Which, that would disrupt the tension. I feel like. I mean, it would, but it's also like the logical thing for it's someone. You to... want real life in these movies, Chris, and I don't want it one bit. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I like my paintings. Yeah, <laughs> you like your pretty pictures. I do. Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> Proud of it. Um, I think it's also a byproduct of me, like writing so much like Mm -hmm. being in that like novel writer mode to where it's like i can't help but look at the machinations of things 
and kind of the the architecture of where it maybe matters a little more in a written story where you have more room to explore that kind of stuff and like and find the art in that kind of writing like to me that's why it doesn't work so well in movies like exposition in movies is boring (laughs) like you can't make it look that pretty you can but like it's tougher and not as fun i think there's definitely like ways of going like fast six i think is a a much better example of not doing all the kind of frustrating things that some of uh seven eight and nine do you mean as far as like setting up those machinations yeah yeah i i also didn't buy in and this is a huge like differential point for us Mm -hmm. the uh redemption of deckard shaw yeah we gotta talk about that i mean that's a crucial part of this movie I think it's the same thing with Giselle. I think it's stupid because it goes against the valuing of family. And I think it's completely in line. Because he is somebody who killed a family member. Uh, In defense of his family. I mean, yeah, but does that really change anything? Absolutely. That is is a key. That is absolutely key to him being part of this mission in the first place. That him and Dom are able to respect each other's love of family that is all part of their meeting at the very end of the movie when when Deckard Shaw drops off his kid but Owen doesn't die like Owen's okay he's in the hospital oh my god so because Owen doesn't die Deckard Shaw shouldn't be going after the fast crew <laughs> he shouldn't be killing them like why like he hurt if, them. He, if it's he forever they maimed him he's completely he's burned and changed forever probably Wow. So if that's really the crux of your argument, then I don't know, Chris. I don't think you're going to convert anybody on that one. What? Owen is alive. He's active. Isn't he in? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's doing great, but like Deckard Shaw didn't know that. He turned it around that quick. I mean, he should have known this is the Fast and Furious movie. Nobody's ever really hurt or dead. So like he should have known he was going to come back. (laughs) He should have had that meta awareness. (laughs) But it's just if... He his brother's hurt, but in the hospital they're like, yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna live, like he's gonna have some scars. For him to go like kill Han, try to murder Brian, to do all these things, and then for the forgiveness to come almost immediately, it's too streamlined to me. I I get that. Yeah, again, you're talking about the machinations and laying things out. Like they could have definitely gone through those steps. Um, but once again, that sounds kind of boring to me. Like I like in the same way that like, I don't need those little steps set up for me to believe like Vin Diesel or that Dom is like going on, is going to go save his kid. Like, I just believe that. Like, I know that's part of his journey. The movie has told me that. And that is part of the energy and coloring everything. Same with Shaw. Like I understand how it fits into that storyline. I, and, and Dom's desire to be a father and grow a family and i know that shaw's defending his family like i can see how that all intermixes and i don't need it i guess i don't need him to get like that rigid and meticulous with it i mean but you could just apply that back to the first movie and be like why did brian and dom ever not have to get along why not just have them get along from the very beginning and it's fine it's like yeah you have them earn (laughs) you have them earn the respect along the way and that's yeah that's the story I'm with you on that, the but fact, that movie is doing something different. Like that is part of the energy. Like I'm okay. Good writing. Yeah, you, good writing is subjective. I've read your good and bad writing <laughs> articles, and I don't know if I've agreed with any of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff you think is bad writing isn't bad writing to me. 
dilettante. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I mean, I love those articles and like it is a glimpse into your soul, but uh, that is not <laughs> how I watch movies. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's just if I think Deckard went far enough as a villain that if you're going to make him part of the group, part of the team, part of the family, uh, there has to be a path back that's a little bit more earned than just what they do in this movie. But again, I see like, the streamlined version of what you're talking about and they do set it up with he also cares about family and there's that mutual respect and they give him all these scenes there's a reason why they have him being the one that saves the kid because that's endearing he gets to be like humanizing i see it i see it all i see it all travis i see it all from the beginning it's just the the other scene i absolutely love in this movie the only reason I don't like the scene is like I know they're just doing it to set up Hobbs and Shaw, which is a movie I don't really like. Um, yeah, but The Rock and Deckard's <laughs> The Rock and Deckard, uh, Hobbs and Deckard's, <laughs> <laughs> um, like they they meet up in the when they're like fixing up the cars and getting ready for their mission, and The Rock reveals like, "Hey, I read like your your profile, and oh, I yeah. found out like you were a good guy, and like you were just like fighting to save like your your brother," and Deckard turns around and says, like, yeah, I've read your file, too. And, like, I know you're great and I respect you, too. And, like, they have this moment where they're both giving each other props for, like, their commitment to a job and their morals and everything. While at the same time, like, tearing into each other and, like, riffing and, like, making balls jokes. Like, I I just think that whole scene, the way The Rock and Jason Saban play it is absolutely wonderful. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. And their smile at the end when like they just like respect each other <laughs> and like just like all right like we're still gonna riff on each other but like you know we respect what one another each other each other is done i just think the whole energy of that scene is incredible you know there's times where you uh i think dismiss some of the complaints that I have as exposition <laughs> like that's boring yeah. exposition but what you just described is one of those scenes of like yeah in quotes, boring exposition. But it's done well. That... <laughs> so the scenes well, that I'm talking about could be done well. I, 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 like... But I've, I've said this every time that I understand scenes of exposition can be done well. I, I think I said that as I was talking, complaining about exposition. My big play complaint about exposition is it's not usually done well, or maybe almost never done well. Um, it's done much better in the Fast and Furious movies. I'm just saying I don't need <laughs> it. Like, I don't necessarily need a moment of dialogue, a conversation to happen for me to understand. And more actually what I think I'm referring to is like plot points, you know, like things that make the story make sense in quotes. Um, this is purely dedicated to, to character and, and a whole dynamic between two people, especially when another movie is being set up. Like, I think that's different. I think it's in there with the logic of the, you need a yeah. moment like that to show that, Shaw is part of the team, which is like an essential part of the plot. No, I like the mix. I, I think it's okay to have a little of each, and I don't need it to be overwhelmingly conversational for me to understand that. 
Yeah, does it have to be overwhelmingly conversational? I don't I'm just saying even need it like, a little bit. <laughs> the 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 basic examples I give could be as well done as this like as quick and well done as this like one little moment it, here. It could, but it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, like you again, this is this is taking us back to the Giselle moment. Like you want the movie to be doing things it's not doing. I'm reading what the movie's doing and responding to it. If the aesthetic if the if the general thrust, the message is there, I don't need it to do more. Like I understand what the energy is and like that is infused into the scenes, the action scenes, the the um, the emotion of everything going like that's all there. Um moments where they do decide to insert stuff like this, like it can work. It doesn't have to be there, but if they do it and they do it well, like I'm happy they did it well. Yeah. I think it just it seems sometimes you assume that when I want something like that, it's going to uh, inherently be bad That's or true. come off as like a negative thing rather than it could be this quick and this. Yeah. Like you said, this is one of your favorites. Yeah, you're right. In the entire you got me series. there. Chris. You got me there. Like, it can be done just as it can be done, well. but I'm glad it's not done most of the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, again, usually not done well and usually the most boring scene in a movie. Don't give me more of the thing that's one of my favorite moments in the entire series. Well, yeah, if you're going to do it. But that's the other thing. If they did that scene like 15 times, I would be annoyed. <laughs> yeah, then it, it loses it loses its its power. But And that scene uh, really works, too, because of the actors. Like, I think both of those guys are fucking killing it in these movies. And, like, they just have great energy together. I don't know why it didn't translate to the movie, but it didn't. Dude, I think the Rockets... I think the rock gets progressively worse in all of these. Movies. Yeah, you did say something along those lines, and that still baffles me. <laughs> it's I think he becomes a lot more of a caricature. Like he yeah. wants to be a superhero in these movies and starts elevating his scenes in a way that just feels so much more like give me a rocket launcher, give me like this thing that he he wants to be the alpha in any of the action scenes, and I think that. That probably did happen, away. knowing The Rock and his ego. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not complaining. Like, he's killing it. Like, he's delivering 100% in these movies, and I love it. I think it's just a little too much. That, a little too much. I want these movies. That's why these movies are incredible. They give a little <laughs> bit too much. Not even a little bit too much. Like, they're going way for They are doing things movies are not allowed to do. They are breaking the rules. That's why I love these movies. What about... Do you feel the same way at all about the Expendables franchise? Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the Expendables, but I I don't think I would. I, I don't know if I would necessarily go that far. <laughs> I guess I I don't know if they're doing what the Fast movies do. Yeah, that there's that element of the humanity and there's a little like, bit of irony to the Expendables building. movie. Like, there's no irony to the Fast movies. No, there there is not. It's they mean it as gung ho as it gets. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I like I just have I had some philosophical sure issues with this movie. Maybe on like rewatch some of the initial shock would be out of the way and I'd just be <laughs> enjoying more of what's going on, but there's just like a number of moments where I was just like, mm, mm, I mean mm. the movie kind of commits to it out of the gate when uh oh no wait, that's Furious 7. I was thinking of I mean Furious 7's pretty crazy. It does commit to it out of the gate when Deckard goes to the hospital and essentially blows up the hospital where his brother's staying and trying to get better. Like, it's such a ridiculous thing to do. Um, again, I have no qualms with it because uh, it's just fun and ridiculous, but it is like, it's a move. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I did, I did like Ramsey um, and some of the some of the scenes like bring Ramsey in in the previous movie and like developing. Like mm-hmm. I, I liked the addition of her character. I wasn't sure I, I liked Scott Eastwood um, and Little Nobody. <laughs> well, you didn't like Big Nobody, so you probably didn't like the little one. No, it also felt like too soon. It felt like it was kind of maybe trying to do like a Brian replacement, like a Paul. That's Walker definitely why he's too. there. Yeah, that they even gave him. Did they give him like a blue STI or something that kind of recalled <laughs> the skyline? I don't remember that. In some ways, probably. It just felt like a little. That felt like the studio meddling to me. It could have been. Um, yeah. Um, I think Scotty sees what is awesome. And that's the other thing I didn't even address. I let this slide and I shouldn't have when you said you didn't like the Mr. Nobody stuff. Mr. Nobody's Kurt Russell. Like that dude is in there. Like maybe he's on set for like 30 minutes or something, but like the 30 minutes he's given them, he is just giving them pure gold. Yeah. I, I like Kurt it. Russell, but eh. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about the jail sequence. Oh my God. Incredible. <laughs> incredible F. Gary Gray did an incredible job in this movie it made me want to watch the Italian job which I've never seen I feel like I saw it in th- oh wait that not like the remake Italian job uh, yeah the 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 Mark Wahlberg one oh yeah I didn't he make it yeah he did make it yeah yeah I can't remember if I watched that or not oh man I just the way that, I mean that's the other thing we didn't really get into it's tough because it's so visual, but I just think the way he handled all these action sequences is incredible. Like I'm in it from moment. It, it flows so well in a way that I think exposes why F9 doesn't work as well. Like it's just, there's never a moment where I feel out of it and it doesn't make sense. Like I'm just constantly in it. I did like it better than seven and nine yes. in terms totally. of the action, even if it was still, <laughs> Um, no, F9 is the one that has the Havana intro. Or no, that's this yeah, one. Yeah, that's this that's one. This oh, one, yeah. I love the intro. I love that scene so much. Did you have a problem that with that scene? It's just still, again, like tonally a little, a, oh, a little absurd. It's got me. I'm in it from the word go. <laughs> that, and when um, that's the opening scene, I'm like, all right, you got me. But they do use that scene to also set up the Deckard acceptance of him, like, that guy tried to screw Dom over and Dom like yeah. wins his respect and would rather make like a friend than an enemy. Yeah. So there is that like logic put in place that's, for oh, him accepting Decker. That's the beautiful thing about these movies is like, you're talking about the logic of it and like, that's totally true. But like that, that key moment that sets up Vin Diesel's character and sets up that conversation is going to have a cipher and determines their whole dynamic. That scene isn't just like a, a really quick one-off scene that happens at the beginning. Like it's a whole fucking scene, 20 minutes scene where like, you're seeing all this tension and like bad guys and like jawing and a crazy car race. Like that's all the build up to, I respect you. And like that defines his character. That's why I love these movies that like nothing's ever boring. Like even the smallest little character bit is surrounded by just manic craziness. Which can be, Boring. No, I, I didn't. Can be boring. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the opposite of boring. What? What other movie would do something like that? 
that's a fair. That's why I think other movies are boring. That like they aren't going this far. I want movies to go this far. Did you love uh, Ready Player One? I I have not seen it. As much okay. of a Spielberg fanboy as I am, I've never seen it. I'd be curious how you feel about like the action in that. I probably um, like it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably will. Uh, what was the other thing that just came up in? Oh, I thought they did Elena kind of dirty. Um, oh well, yeah. I mean, literally they did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. To not to repeat our Giselle conversation because please do. We're either gonna have to skip fast or F nine <laughs> or talk about it quickly or have just a longer episode. But uh, the Rock Hobbs and Elena had Elena's like biggest dynamic was clearly with dom right Mm -hmm. but they really put her in more scenes with hobbs uh over the course of the franchise than they did with dom right so even though dom had like the larger emotional connection with her due to their relationship hobbs cared about her liked her like we associate i think her character with hobbs a lot i don't think we got his reaction to elena dying in the movie at all did we yeah that's a good point which seems just like a missed opportunity to me. Um, not that they have to have it, but... I'd agree with that, yeah. It, it's that world building that I think is some of the payoff that we would like to see. Yeah, that that's true. It's especially thinking about um, the opening of Furious 7 and like him saving her and everything. <laughs> like They do have an intensely close-knit relationship. Yes, yeah, so that that's something where just like you were just kind of emphasizing that relationship in the previous movie and now nothing. Yeah, I get why they skip it just because it, it doesn't exactly pertain to Vin Diesel's storyline, which that was, I think, the reason I didn't love this movie as much the first time I saw it. Um, I actually have grown to love this movie more and more as I watched it. Um, but I, I got a little annoyed with Vin Diesel at some point. Like, the way you were reading The Rock's ego kind of shrouding everything. Like, that's how I felt read Vin Diesel a little bit at first. I'm not in that camp anymore, by the way. But it, for a, a little bit, I was like that. And it felt like, to me, like, Fate of the Furious was just, like, all about Dom in a way that didn't allow it to be about anybody else. And yeah. I had problems with that. Um and I assume that's why we don't get the rock reacting to her dying is because like, it's just all about Dom. Um, but now I kind of see that like Dom is the, he's the centerpiece of the franchise. Like everything everybody's going through kind of does revolve around him and like, is part of like that group dynamic and does in, in turn drive everybody's storyline. So like, I don't have a problem with it anymore, but um, I could see someone having a problem with it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, get that that just made me think of one other thing but i can't remember i immediately forgot about it because i looked at <laughs> uh the fast nine wikipedia page real quick and then it went out of my head <laughs> so yeah are we gonna do f9 or do we think we want to save it i mean i guess save it it kind of gives us three movies to talk about with hobbs and shaw f9 and f10 sure. or fx are you gonna watch hobbs and shaw the next one yeah, I'm going to watch Hobbs and Shaw because I realized I forgot to watch Hobbs and Shaw. Vanessa Kirby's in it. She's great. Who? Vanessa Kirby. She, uh, she's been nominated for an Oscar, Chris. <laughs> um, she's blonde. She was in... She got 
nominated for was it called Pieces of Me? I think it was like a Netflix movie. Um, she's in the Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossibles. I... She's British. <laughs> nope. All right, she's. I I thought she was big anyway, but if you don't know her, maybe she's not as big as I thought. I mean, it might just be. I'm excited to to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just talk about those three movies. I don't know if that a conversation about cops and Shaw can even take that long. It's gonna be. I'm gonna have the same reaction to it. I have the Tokyo Drift. <laughs> oh, she was in Fallout. Okay, yeah. so I've definitely yeah. Okay. Pieces of a woman. That's what it's called. I did not see that either. I've only seen of the ones oh, I've seen Jupiter Ascending, but oh yeah, and about time. That's she right. was Joanna and about time. <laughs> <laughs> She's great, though. Okay, nice. Well, then we'll talk about those in the next one. Yeah. That wasn't as contentious as I expected. No, that was okay. I mean, you're completely was... wrong about everything you said, but, like, that's okay. Oh, I remember the plot, pl- the thing that I was going to bring up. <laughs> the the Dom being evil storyline was kind of a repetition of Letty being evil. Right. From and you don't uh, like that. number six. I, it just takes like a little bit of something away. Like, hey, wasn't that cool when we do it with Letty? Let's do it with Dom. Right. Um, disagree. <laughs> I only care how Fair. it's handled. I don't care what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I I know that. <laughs> well, until next time. Yep. See you on the other side.